Hello and welcome to the DM's Book Club, a podcast where we read about some Dungeons and Dragons and discuss how we might include it in our role-playing campaigns. With me as ever, back again for, we're now, I think, we, I was trying to work it out before we came on recording, we're about halfway through season four. No, we only just started season four. No, we've got we've got some in the bank. I think we're in double digits by the time oh this episode gosh, comes out. Oh my gosh, this is ridiculous. I know. With me for the mid-season <laughs> episode is my co-host Hamilton. Hamilton, how are you, my friend? I'm doing good. Yeah, um, I've been back in Curse of Strahd. Yes. Uh, yes, which has been fun. Mm-hmm. I did a Gen Z D&D session notes earlier today on Twitter, which I think was silly because I just couldn't, which is like, they were well sus. <laughs> I, <was> like, <laughs> I don't know, it's worth it. I won't, I won't repeat the whole thing, but I'll try and say it uh, yeah. in the way that I said it, right? Yeah. And then you tell me if you could understand okay. what part of Curse of Strahd I am talking about. Here's, a, here's a little game show. Oh, oh my God. Okay. Yeah. All right. You know Curse of Strahd quite well, but that, it's been a little while. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So we in Strasville Light, and this bro being hanging with his Winter Soldier type friend, sus, super sus. We're heading to his party though, anyways. But then this Tory type invites us to their trust up manor to see if we kill this bro. But we're not down for this Tory infighting yet. We may stop the sus bro, but not for you. Then head to festival. Fiber's all Glasto meets Wicker's man. Then bro kills guy. Tory type turns up to start revolution. Susbro points at us. All town on us like, time to burn this down. So battle gets souped heavy. Party split like bad hollandaise. Whiz kids are spell slinging up north alone. Whilst Cleric does a prayer style thirst trap for some townies. Fighter is vibing, running through guards. Turns out Druid can rage. What? And then, <laughs> but then the sus bro, well, they vibe harder. Big Wiz has to eject, but get some hurts in, whilst Little Wiz death drops off stage. Tori has sus powers and her simps be shitting the bed with the simp, sus bro simps. There seems, there's little chirping as we leave the town. Wow. A mic drop. <laughs> Do you have any clue what I said? I think the town you're referring to is Vallaki. Yeah, which is Strasville Light. The festival you're talking about is Festival of the Sun. Yes! The Winter Soldier, that's the... I can't remember their name of the hand, but it's the person with the arm. Yeah, uh, he's yeah, like the, yeah, the, the dog's body. And yes. uh, Susbro. There's several people, that's why I, I'm trying not to spoil it. The guy it. who's the Baron, who's mates with the Winter Soldier type. The problem is, when you say Susbro, I'm like, that could be any number of people yeah, in Strasville. Yeah. Do you know who Tory type is with the trust up manner? Oh, um, it's the other one that wants the Baron dead. Oh, uh, vaguely, I can't remember the name off the Factor. top of my head. Factor, Factor, yes. Yeah, so she oh. like invited us around to their, her house. Yes, um, she's a city watch person. Yeah, Fiona Factor. Yes. Yeah, I was like Fiona. Fiona. Is, yeah, I could see Fiona playing this person. <laughs> it's just, me. I was just being silly because I saw a Gen Z version of um, Harry Potter's intro, which was hilarious. Have you seen that? I've heard of it. Oh, so good. So it just made me. I was like, I want to have a go at this. So. That's um, awesome. Do them from now on, and then I'll see if I can guess where you are in Curse Strider. Because then it means I'm not spoiling it for you, because you already know where you yeah, are. exactly. That's brilliant. Well, I can tell you, Hamilton, what I've been mm. up to. Yes, um, what did you do? You did something really exciting. I did do something exciting. So we are currently on a hiatus from our high-level mm. level 20 campaign, because we've, I think I said this last time, we are, uh, the final session is going to happen in person. We've got a date for it, but it's in, uh, at time of recording, September, which is like, ages away only a month away it's like going oh, happen so quickly oh but it's ages away that's, it's at least like six weeks away or something like it's mid-September we've got a whole weekend plan we've got to go to do the big fight and we'll do the epilogue it's mm. all going to be in person great 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 but as a result we uh, obviously have some days free so I suggested why don't we do some one shots and uh, there was like yeah that sounds good and I was like why don't I run a one shot from the Radiant Citadel source book so I'm running for them the final one in the back of it which I believe is called Orchids of the Invisible Mountain 
Men. And the reason why I picked that one is because it is gothic. high level. <laughs> oh, yeah. But it's not actually that, that gothic, but it's also high level. Because I think the the issue is when I always start a book, at the beginning, it's always going to be the earlier levels and stuff like that. And they're really, really fun, but there's not much you can do it. And we've played level 20 now. We've been high level for like the last year or so. So I was like, right, we're going to do level 14. It was very exciting because, you know, they were hitting these these monsters in an encounter and they weren't dying. They were like, oh no, ah! And I was having great fun with teleporting and, mm. and frightening conditions and stuff like that. And yeah, it was super fun. They went all out in trying to like break the game. Because I said, I, it was my rule. I said like, you know, it's level 14. As long as you know what your characters do, you can be any kind of character, anything. Because obviously it's, yeah. you know, it's a multiverse, etc. So they were like, oh my God. So of course we've got, constructs that can fly oh, yeah, yeah we've got we've got uh, a rune knight we've got a construct that is uh, a warforge sorry that is as many levels in different things as possible and i was like that's cool but you've got to know what you're doing <laughs> like, yeah and we've got a monk that can just run around things etc but i still managed i still managed to hit them quite a bit so that was I still managed to kill them all i still managed to hurt them um but yeah it's really good i i actually really enjoyed reading through that one shot and yeah. taking like that and describing it to them and actually taking some of the images from the uh from the dnd beyond stuff and sharing it in the chat and i did all oh, this yeah. at the beginning talking to them about what the radiant citadel is showing them that pixelated art describing it stuff like that. and they were like oh it's really cool and then i said but that's not where this adventure is held <laughs> <laughs> this is the really cool place that you stand in five seconds and we're off bye but hamilton that's not what we're talking about today. We're not talking about our individual campaigns at all. What are we talking about today? What is what is our topic of choice? Our topic is we're doing one of our creation episodes. Let's create a dungeon! Exactly. So we're looking at chapter five of the yes. Dungeon Master's Guide, yes. uh, which is from Wizards of the Coast, Dungeons oh. and Dragons 5th edition. Really? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's an interesting one because there's also this mm. appendix as well, which we'll also be using a little bit later on yeah. in the episode, which is how you would randomly generate dungeons anyway. Yeah. To start us off, Hamilton, have you ever created a dungeon like from completely from scratch i have created maps uh mm. i've created like environments environments mm. uh mm-hmm. i don't know the one the biggest one i made was a 333 tile by 333 tile map Oof. which Oof. was for uh the mausoleum of chronepsis when i did like a one shot i talked about about a year mm. ago mm-hmm. and i wanted to make it and i made this like dark souls multi-leveled mm. all like temples all crypts and stuff like that so you could go into crypts and they each had had like a main thoroughfare and like a like a towery thing mm-hmm. but i wouldn't call i don't know it was probably the closest i came to a dungeon because they each mm-hmm. had rooms and traps and stuff like that but it was more like an ad- a, a, someone would probably buff their nose and say that's actually an adventure map but not a dungeon because it's not underground <laughs> but it had locations and stuff and i had like monsters and things to it yeah so i guess it is kind of dungeon. what about yourself yeah you've definitely got more experience than me the only thing i've created and we've done this before on this podcast i've created a town from scratch using mm. the same chapter so in chapter five adventure environments yeah. it talks about three specific kinds of places it talks about mm. dungeons it talks about the wilderness and it talks about urban settings and we yeah. use this settlement uh, rules and sort of tweaked it a little bit to create both a, like a starting point so building out and then yeah. building top down as well for an urban or a world as it were but i've actually never created a dungeon and i actually sat here and i thought to myself how mm-hmm. often have i been in a dungeon in any of my campaigns and i have been in them but i it's, it's very i just thought to myself actually i don't remember the last time i was in it like you were saying i didn't consider it a dungeon i just considered it as like a okay we're yeah. going on this and we're, we're going to this town or it happens to be underground okay we're going into this temple okay we're going into this basement we're going da 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 yeah, so I was like, oh, actually, I don't have any experience in 
creating this at all. So I'm actually quite keen and excited to try it out. You looked at Dungeons of the Mad Mage, though, didn't you, recently? And that's a very interesting one to point out. So that one is a multi-level dungeon, mm. like over 20 levels, and they're all different. They're not all complete levels. They're all sort of in between, yeah. and to get to them, you have to go somewhere else. And so that's the thing. If you were going to make, like, that feels like jumping in the deep end, making a multi-level dungeon that mm. all lines up and stuff like that, and you can only get through with teleports and all that sort of thing. It's like Metroidvania, isn't it? It's like a Metroidvania sort of thing where you have to yeah. go along, collect items to then be able to get to the to the non- the level sort of thing exactly and and like, like exactly what you said before it, it felt really to me like an adventure map because you mm. might only explore like 10 percent of it yeah and then there'd be skull port and then you'd be back up to the yawning portal uh you might go down and then you go to the level which is like in space you know mm. so there's all these different things you could do but i think today we're just looking at how to create your yeah. basic underground dungeon essentially and yeah i just i'm excited by this because i i didn't consider it and yeah, we're just going to have a go, essentially. I'm kind of excited that if this goes well, yes. I might make this the dungeon <gasps> in my pirate board game because I <gasps> am yet to make the dungeon. I was just going to use a variation of one that's in the book, but I've got a thought thinking that like exclusive, <laughs> exclusive. <laughs> whatever that means. Ah. If this works, if it can work, I'm probably going to make it work. I can make anything work. Then yeah. I might make this a dungeon for that. So if you're listening, pirates, don't listen. Don't listen <laughs> now. Don't, don't listen now. <laughs> well, why don't we do that? Why don't we have this yeah. in mind that we're going to try and build something that fits into your setting with pirates oh, and stuff okay. like that? okay. Just that was a thought that came to But me. it might help us flavour it a little bit rather than starting from random. So we're okay. going to look at the beginning bits so about building a dungeon. So when you yeah. set out to create a dungeon, think about distinctive qualities. So, mm. you know, this is where it sort of breaks it down into sort of four big bits. It's like its location, its creator, its purpose and its history. And then it talks about inhabitants and factions stuff, which we can sort of talk about in a second. So I guess we'll we start this. Again, we're going to keep that pirate mm. theme in mind. So first of all, we start about locations. There's two location tables, which sort of determines the locale of your dungeon. Okay. Now there's two tables. There's like a normal version, or there's the exotic version, or basically an unusual place you want mm. So, Hamilton, you get the choice first. Do you want it to be in the normal table or do you want it to be in the super cool, interesting table? What do you think? <laughs> well, what I, do you think? Well, now I'll put it like that. So for the exotic location table, please roll for me a D20. Let me know D20. what you get. Well, can we roll both? Well, of course we can roll both. So yeah, so on the first table... Boring table. The boring table. It's a D100. So roll that one first and D100 first and let me know what you get. That is a 79. 79. Oh, so this... This one is on a mountain peak. That dungeon is on a mountain peak. Okay, right. And then a D20. Mm-hmm. For the exotic location. Is 18. 18. Woo. So this this dungeon's also on the back of a gargantuan living creature. Which is on the top of a mountain. <laughs> yes. Or you could even have the mountain on top of a gargantuan creature. Oh, the gargantuan creature is a mountain like the Pokemon's movie. Exactly. Exactly that. Cool. So you could have it like a big sea turtle, perhaps, going through yes. the sea. They think it's an island. Yes. With a big mountain top, but actually it's a huge kraken. With a mountain Ooh, on the back. Oh, I love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something that, yeah, it's just constantly moving and shifting. Yeah. You think it's like an inactive volcano or something, mm. but actually it's uh, it's not. Oh, I love it. So I'm going to write those down on our, we're writing these down as we go. So we have got a mountain. On a mountain peak, yes. Mountain peak on the back of a huge kraken. Nice. Love right. that. Yeah. I love that. 
So a dungeon reflects its creator. So uh, details about the dungeon's so setting brings it to life as a result. So you have to think like, who would build a dungeon like this? So for this one, oh, there's so many tables in this one. So you've got individual dungeon creator, or you could have cults and religious groups. And then from that, you can have an alignment or a class of that particular creator or group. Do you think it's an individual that has this dungeon, or is it a, a cult or religious group? I like the idea that maybe the dungeon creator is an individual, but there are a cult or religious group that now inhabits it. I kind of perfect. Like that, so. Yeah, that's perfect. Because that works in later with the faction. You just want to roll all your dice. I love that. I do. So, of course, I do. So the individual creator, roll a d twenty for me and let me know what you get. Wait, am I rolling all these dice? Well, wait, roll I'll some roll dice. some in a second. Don't worry, I'll roll some in a second. Uh, a natural one. <gasps> oh, but Hamilton, you know what's that? You know what that I is? Score. It's a beholder. It's a beholder. Yeah. Yes, I love it. Okay, cool. Awesome. We need to find a name for that funky beholder, by the way. We do. We can. Oh, we'll, there's a, a beholder funky name table somewhere. There is, exactly. Uh, I've just seen it now. That we can. The cult and religious group is also on the dungeon creator table, but we'll roll for them anyway. Why mm. not? So, yeah, another d20 for me, please. Another d20. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, I keep, why do I keep misplacing it? <laughs> I've gone from natural one to a natural 20. Ooh, so this particular religious group, they are worshippers of a neutral deity. Okay. So that could be quite good. Again, like you don't have to tie it to a particular pantheon or anything like that. You could just be like, ah, I can do it like this as well. Yeah, that's cool. So it's a beholder. Yep. Big eye with like lots of squiggly lines off and a big mouth. Ah. Oh, you're drawing the beholder. <laughs> yeah, it's a really shit beholder. It's not my best beholder. <laughs> well, beauty is in the eye of the beholder. Oh, exactly. What? <laughs> a neutral deity. deity. Okay. Optionally, you can also roll for the alignment and the class of it as well. I think with the beholder, you can choose as you want. But yeah, it goes again. They're both d20s for both of these uh, things. Yeah. Do you want to roll for the alignment? Oh, go on then. Yeah, go on. Go on then. So this Come is just on. one NPC, or is this just all the NPCs? That's a natural 20. It's chaotic evil, Hamilton. Yes! Yes, it is. Yes, it is. NPC um, equals chaos evil. I guess the NPC alignment table, you could put that as a big sort of like, maybe it is what this place has seemed like. Maybe it's like those yeah. laws, you know, like a Serac and the Tomb of Annihilation, that sort of idea, that old Tomb of Horrors, you know, it's like, oh, it's an evil place, but maybe it's something else. It's a beholder who created it, who was in awe of a neutral entity. The beholder was killed. Killed mm. by a bunch of chaotic evil people yeah. that took over from the neutral deity because they didn't like the neutrality. They wanted it to be they wanted they wanted chaotic. And, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Uh, so I'll roll for an uh, NPC class. Let's have a seat. Uh, that is an eighteen on the die. Wizard, chaotic Wizard. evil wizards. Wizard. <laughs> I need to do some spells going pew, pew, off. Pew, pew, pew. <laughs> Three, because it's magic missile. Magic missile. And I'll do a little wizard's hat. So great. So we've got an idea of who the creator is and like a little bit of history there. The next sort of step is the dungeon's purpose. Right. In a case of a natural cavern, a dungeon is crafted and inhabited for a specific purpose that influences its design and features. Again, mm-hmm. very interesting. Again, we, we talked about beholders before. Their lairs are going to be very different to like the lairs of, say, a dragon or something, because obviously yeah. they don't need certain things. You roll for it. I'll roll for this one. It's a d20. Okay. <laughs> So it's a t- I've got two 
oh, it's a lair on this one. Okay. So what I'd say as well, I think you could roll several times. So if you think of Dungeon of Mad Mage, for example, Under Mountain, that is a mixture of a maze, that is also planar gates, mm. that's, it's a, yeah. a treasure vault as well, so you could have several things. So I'm going to roll again. So we've got lair for one, and then okay. I'll roll again. I got a fourteen. It's a stronghold as well. Well, maybe it was it was a layer originally mm-hmm. for the beholder, yeah, and then became a stronghold for this chaotic evil. Beast. Nice, love go. that. And under, underneath this table as well, it talks a little bit more in detail about it. So a lair is a place where monsters live, obviously. Uh, typical lairs include ruins and caves. So maybe again, caves works well with your pirate theme. Stronghold Dungeon provides a secure base of operations for villains and monsters. It is usually ruled by a powerful individual, such as a wizard, vampire, or dragon, and it is larger or more complex than a simple lair. So I like the idea that maybe they've grafted on some things and it's not just the natural uh, lair that we've sort of, like the ruins, or there is parts of it, it's still ruins and caves, but some of it, it's been bolted on. Okay, I like that. That's cool. Cool. I've drawn a lair and a stronghold. (laughs) Nice, 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 nice. The final bit is history so in most cases the original architects of the dungeon are long gone as we've sort of just got rid of that Uh, and the question of what happened to them can help shape the dungeon's current state so do you want to roll a d20 for me me so this is for a key event in the dungeon's history key event 17. A 17 is the original creator is still in control. Oh, there's the twist. Oh, I love that. That the beholder is actually somehow still in control. Maybe the beholder had it as this like neutral deity, sort of like it made it for this neutral deity as like a lair for themselves and was all in like awe of this deity. Mm -hmm. And then they had enough of that. And so they wanted to get rid of their, they wanted to get rid of all the, the cultists that are all, and they thought, what's the best way to do this is to bring some of my new cultists in and, mm. and hired chaotic evil people to come in and take it over or, yeah. or something like that. I don't know. Perfect. Yeah, we'll, we'll figure it out. Well, I think it leads it up quite nicely because I think a lot of the times we think, oh, well, like you said, the creator has, has gone from this realm. Like you think mm. of like a Serac uh, in uh, Tomb of Horrors, they are still technically there in some form, but only come back mm. when certain things are triggered. So yeah, I think always having the creator there is what we've got. Or the beholder is maybe not in control. Like they are in control of the beholder, so they've not killed the beholder. Oh. But the chaotic evil people have like warped the brain of the beholder and are actually in control of it and using That's it cool. as like the big boss. That's quite cool because, as we know, beholders they get very paranoid. They don't. They like to be in control and stuff. So that you can imagine, if you break that control in some way, will the beholder be on your side? Maybe it's like demonically hosted by because it's chaotic evil. So maybe some sort of like abyssal power has overtaken the beholder. So you've got like yeah. an abyssal. Beholder. Or um, oh, what are they call the the undead beholders, like the really horrible oh, ones. Yeah, I think it's Death Tyrant is the one which is just skull and like lights around it. So we've got sort of the basic sort of setting up. We've got our basic ideas and stuff. Other things to consider is stuff like dungeon factions. So we've just we've kind of introduced this idea that there are other groups in here that have taken over parts of the cave. It sounds like this uh, particular dungeon is going to be quite complex. Maybe different layers, maybe different levels and stuff. Again, taking the example of Dungeon of the Mad Mage, Undermountain, there are certain levels which have a uh, gith on it, uh, trying to fight back against mind flayers and etc. So it's very easy, the DM's guide says, to think about the dungeon as like just a collection of encounters and that your adventurers mm. are just kicking door after door down, uh, killing whatever lies beyond. But actually having that idea of having, say, three or four different groups mm. and think about the, the flow of power between them and the, what the status is and stuff like it's something to think about. A good one is Sunless Citadel, as you said, which is like the kobold, you've got the kobolds who are trying to, yes. have got Calcrix, they're trying to create a, 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 a basically a mini deity for them to sort of 
preys, which will be Calcrix, this, this white dragon they've got from the yes. egg. And then you've also got a vampy druid person in the basement. I've forgotten yep. the name. The main guy behind everything who's really evil. Yeah, he's really yeah. evil. He's been mucking about with stuff. The tree. Stealing people from the village. Oakhurst, I think it's called. Yes, and the, the daughter and son. Yes, which is what is the, the hook. And there's also like goblins and hobgoblins that he's working with. And there's yep. some skellies down there. So there's a few little like, there's the goblins who are under his control and so you can work them against them. You can work with the kobolds. Yeah, that's a, actually a really good example. I would highly recommend it because I know I always keep saying Sunless Citadel rather than Radiant Citadel every time we talk about it. Yeah. But it's true, right? If you look at that, that adventure, it's three levels mm. and it gets smaller as it goes down and you have different things. Yeah, like you said, they had the kobolds yeah. versus the, I think it's the bugbears, I think, or the goblins. Yeah. And they had that sort of interaction there. But also, yeah, they could turn against each other. The key thing to think about is that basically... Imagine that all these creatures in this dungeon are intelligent in some way and they have goals, whether they're short-term survival, mm. that they're just, they've been displaced in some way, so they're just trying to make a home here, or they're ambitious because they're trying to take back parts of the dungeon as well. And as a result, that's going to really impact on the, how they interact with adventurers who just come mm. stumbling in, uh, you know, and they're Hello. like, ah, fight, kill, etc. Or can you help us and aid us? And it could be little yeah. quest points as well. So I think having a little list of like, okay, you've got this idea, you've got an idea of what it looks like, perhaps, if you've got the mm. themes of like a pirate sort of thing. So maybe you have Tritons, for example, those yeah. or sea elves or something like that. Sahagan. Sahagan as well. Oh, what a great, yeah, you have all different things vying for power, perhaps, or vying for status, mm. or just trying to keep themselves to themselves. Maybe even there's a faction that they just try and hide away and they try not to be seen by your adventurers and so they're constantly hiding. Yeah. Or they they were just there before the layer was made and they're like deep gnomes i think is the name yes, deep, gnomes, deep gnomes i think they're called yeah. yeah that's it so yeah so like maybe you have a faction of those that have like have been tunneling underground and got a whole city nearby mm-hmm. and they're like all this crazy shit's going on next door we don't like it and uh maybe they're trying to like they found a good ore mining point and they're trying to they're trying to do that or like yeah. a water source has been cut off and so mm-hmm. to their city and so they've got like disagreements and uh yeah, yeah. So that's a good point. So thinking about the dungeon we've created, so we've got it as a lair and we got it as a stronghold. What other factions would you put in this Hamilton specifically? If you were going to think of like two factions that you wanted to put in? Maybe there's within this, there's like, there's this cult of this chaotic evil NPCs Mm-hmm. That maybe with you're coming into it at the transition moment. So you've got these two, mm. you've got neutral deity cult that sort of dealing. I can't think of a good neutral deity off the top of my head. Or you can just I? make one up. You just can make yeah, one up. Yeah, just make one up. They are all about some sort of balance. And then this chaotic evil group has tried to come in there and they've taken control. They're trying to summon a demon because, yeah, I can't, I, there's something in that. Yeah, <laughs> I've got a good. I've got a good answer for it. Why? Yeah, perfect. That's fine. That's fine. So you think there's at least two big factions fighting for for dominance? That's that. I think yeah. that's, that's enough to be like that. We're on the back of a huge kraken. Maybe the kraken, right, mm-hmm. has a like uh, a sort of like a mind, uh, huge, like one of these like um, hive minds. Sort mm-hmm. of that. One people go in there, they start to like. Maybe these neutral deity is the kraken. Right. Ooh. So people came to this this island to worship the Kraken that mm-hmm. supposedly lived there on this island, thinking it was an island and there was a mystery about a Kraken, but it actually is and it floats around. Mm. And then when they get deeper down, there's like a hive mind and they're all a part of it. And that's the sort of neutrality bit. Mm-hmm. But these chaotic evil people want to take control of mm. the mind. And the beholder 
was there <laughs> was there <laughs> i would take it so going along with your kraken idea yeah. and mines that mm-hmm. speaks mind flare to me so yeah. this idea that they are trying to protect and maybe yes. they're they're trying to be more neutral because mind flayers then well known to like they don't go out all the attack they just bide their time and slowly uh infiltrate and stuff so they're not yeah. good good so maybe the beholder comes with the the chaotic evil people then let's go with maybe. that or yeah. or mind flayers do enslave um uh, beholders yeah okay well maybe that's it maybe the beholder they use the beholder yeah. to dig out their mm-hmm. tunneling to get mm-hmm. to the hive mind oh i love this yes yeah. they went into space found a, a spell jammer stole a, an orbi or something like that made it into a beholder take it down and uh, yeah and start setting their stuff up and then as it goes back to the whole thing about like the creator's still alive but maybe that you know again mm. could you accidentally break that control and then what does the beholder yeah. do then yeah could yeah so then you have three things there so yeah and maybe yeah the chaotic maybe the chaotic evil npc is what's like wizards yeah yeah wizards are like trying to gain control of this mind because there's maybe there's they could they use the intelligence power to power some huge spell or they want to control the kraken they maybe they're like oh this this whole place this this kraken is yeah. you know that's what they want to control and not realizing that there's so there's actually more there's here. a whole there's a whole load of uh of mind flyers yeah, yeah. exactly oh, i love it there yes. you go there you go Moving on then from factions, we go to ecology. So an inhabited dungeon has its own ecosystem. Mm. Creatures that live there need to eat, drink, breathe, sleep, just as the creatures in the wilderness do. Things to think about for this is that just have a think about the monsters you want to populate in your dungeon. So we've talked about it a little bit here. So it's like Mm. certain points when you're creating a dungeon, there might be points where you're like, oh, well, the adventurers might want to set up an ambush at that point. If there's like water nearby, that's you know that's probably where they're going to make camp for that fresh water. It also talks about like if there's locked doors or doors that are hard to open that can restrict movements of certain creatures that don't have say hands or opposable thumbs. They might people might go, how do creatures move about from place to place? You know, so having a think about like okay, I want this certain creature. It can go in certain areas, and I quite like that. I just I think about like how did this creature get here? How did this monster get here? Why is there a clan here, etc. Yeah. And it makes sense, certainly in dungeons, like, easy ones to go to for this sort of thing. I always think of that skeletons and zombies. They're easy to put in places because, you know, there's the taint of evil and it just, those people who've been left behind, etc. that's always a good one. But if you're thinking of stuff like, it talks about here about sturges and uh, carrion crawlers, if you are counting them constantly, you think, well, how are they surviving? Like, where's their food? Where's that sort of thing? Yeah. Again, little things to think about. You don't have to think about it too hard, I'd say, but it is kind mm. of important. Yeah, so like what, yeah, because how is it actually functioning as a space? Because we're at sea in the body of a kraken. How are people eating? So maybe there is just water naturally. Like, you know, when you have like oysters and they've got that like salty water, like mm. bits, in, maybe it's got little like pools that have like lakes from it. But then also maybe the kraken has been like digesting and turning water into fresh water so maybe there are fresh water pools in there there must be some sort of process that things have yeah. been processed in some way but as a result i can imagine that that's quite limited in certain places so that's going to be quite the um commodity uh, unless you've got exactly. a druid yeah. and it is like a huge mountain peak so maybe there is like an environment like when you go up we're in an underdark yeah. bit here but maybe outside there's a exactly. whole island so there are like trees and mm-hmm. just general tropical island or maybe it's not even tropical maybe it's like a sort of ice capped island or something like that or mm-hmm. something that's or like a north sea island i'm imagining yeah. now sort of that like an isle of sky sort of thing yeah. moors and sort of marshes and stuff 
you know what you could do? I, again, I hadn't considered this until we started creating this dungeon. So we've got, well, so we're doing the dungeon where you usually think about like, the inside bit, but now because we've got this mountaintop, if you mm. if we wanted to at some other point, we can come back to it and do the wilderness set of it and yeah. do the outside of it as well. So you, you can really plan that whole, so like you said, like the outside of it might be this, it's full of luscious um, mm. vegetation that's related to, like there's lots of seaweed that's washed up, but yeah. you can dry it out and you can make, I don't know, rope out of it or a good face mask <laughs> like you start at the top of this peak and you work your way down and then you realize there's like an opening out into like a pool which is much mm. lower you've gone down loads of levels but because a yeah. mountain you're only just now down at like sea level to like you know you know what that'd be quite interesting because again thinking about the sunder citadel that's the example mm. that you brought it's a big map at the, so the first level is quite big and then it gets smaller on the second level and then finally gets quite small on the third level. This yeah. You're flipping this around so that if you're coming from the top of that peak, it's probably going to be quite a small level and slowly but surely it's going to widen out possibly. That'd be quite interesting. Yeah, I see, that could be fun, I think. That's quite a cool different way of looking at it. The final bit in this particular part before we go on to like actually mapping out the dungeon is to consider encounter difficulty. So it says that you might be inclined as a DM to increase the encounter difficulty as the adventurers descend deeper into the dungeon as a way to keep it challenging and to, you know, for your players to gain levels and to rack up the tension. However, it advises against this because it then just becomes into a meat grinder, essentially. Mm. And it's like another fight, another fight, another fight. It says the best approach is to include encounters of varying difficulty throughout, and therefore that contrast yeah. between easy and hard encounters as well as simple and complex encounters encourages characters to vary their tactics and keep the encounters from being too similar. And also, I think it's interesting when you have, you know, you fight and you have a really hard encounter, you blow all your stuff, and then you see a little group of kobolds coming down. And you're like, oh, but what if they call out more people? And I think it. it it shows players like if they've used up all their stuff, like I always use up all my stuff in the first fight and like, well, I need a long rest now guys, <laughs> you know? So I think it, it actually encourages players to maybe plan a little bit or react to circumstances. Well, I felt that with Sun and the Sister, we turn up as like level one. Okay. Mm -hmm. And we get through and we fight these rats and we're already screwed, you know? Oh, and then the rats are hard that first encounter. Yeah. And so you're like, oh, and you don't see them. So you get a surprise attack and then yep. you gotta catch up with Meepo, enter into this. Meepo. In, and then you enter the kobolds. You're like, so you're going to be mates with them because you're like, I want to have a little sleep if that's okay. And then you're like, I've only been down here for 20 minutes and I already need a rest. And yeah that's what we found like we got halfway to we got to the end of the first level and we're like we need another rest so we had to like hide in a little cupboard and sleep again mm. and it's just like what do we do it's like I, it felt very stupid because i was just like we've been down here an hour can we not just go back to town have a rest mm. and come back because you would you would you just i'm, I'm literally like 20 minutes away from back back mm. where i came i don't know it just seems a bit silly in some ways i think as a player maybe the first couple of things you do is probably like camp outside mm. of the similar system before going in deeper and deeper and clearing yeah. out the rooms because it does talk about later on in this particular chapter in chapter the appendix sorry in the dm's guide oh, it's yeah. about the use of empty rooms mm. and like having an empty room as a, a safe space for the for the characters to rest them and, yeah, and lock up and stuff yeah. but at the same time you can put something interesting in a room that not all empty rooms can be empty which i love the idea yeah. that you just sprinkle stuff in like a random magic item or a random yeah. hazard perhaps oh, yeah. that they don't realize until they sit down and go oh no <gasps> it's a mold yep yeah, fuck <laughs> 
So yeah, looking at the general features, and I won't go into yeah. we won't go into too much detail of this mm. particular bit because it gets to a point where it gets very finicky. And I can mm. imagine if you actually are creating a one from science, it's good to know. But it talks about in the features section, it talks about the wall stuff, different kinds of doors you can have, yeah. the difference between a secret door and a concealed door, uh, portcullises, darkness and light. Air quality. Air quality <laughs> sounds. It's interesting to think about these sort of things. Like mm. Again, the air quality stuff, is like it makes sense that a dungeon won't be sealed so much because obviously you'll have mm. creatures that are living there. But at the same time, you can make it so that, you know, yeah. ways to describe it, it's oppressive, it's stifling. There's hardly any light here, but there's some uh, natural fungi mm. like glowing in the walls, etc., for the light and darkness stuff. And then finally, I think I hadn't considered at all this idea of sound. So this idea, because of it's being enclosed as a dungeon, it helps channel the sound. So any sort of like loud noises, like clanging of hammers, or maybe people not stealthing right, it can reverberate around several rooms. And I like that idea of like, again, it does talk about like, oh, if they make a big noise here, then people from other rooms come. But actually yeah. describing it and telling, and like making it clear to players like in that environment, like your feet are making a lot of noise. No, it's so true. And it's like, oh, I said this before when I played Dragon Heist, I had a gunslinger and it just, you can't sneak. <laughs> it's just like, I then sh- are you sure? Yes, you I sh- sure? Oh, you fire, fine, right. Everyone hears you. Because <laughs> you just fired a gun that's like, mm-hmm. it's just so silly. And like spells, like I cast fireball, yeah, and blow up a room. <laughs> That's not going to be quiet, is it? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, you, the sounds of combat in general. But even if you're just mm. talking, if you're having a, a long rest and you're just chatting away, yeah. you're like, are you being quiet about it? Because mm. obviously, if the bard is like playing um, a song of rest, for mm. example, that music's going to go out of the room. Final, final thing. I keep. I know I keep doing this, but like it talks about dungeon hazards. Mm. Have you come across these dungeon hazards before, Hamilton? Yeah, there's a, a mold in uh, Sun Citadel. Yeah, and there's a mold that comes out in Dragon Heist Final One. You look mm-hmm. at a wall. Uh, that's where I left my uh, gunslinger. Got stuck in a mold. <laughs> that was oh, it. that's so sad. Yeah, yeah. So it talks about these sort of natural hazards that would happen in a dungeon over time so molds different kinds of brown mm. and yellow mold uh you've got uh green slime and webs webs and i think obviously webs are the ones that people will be like oh big spiders stuff but i think the mold stuff and slime yeah. stuff i think they're underutilized because i i've been mm. burnt quite literally by that that <laughs> yes uh, brown mold before mm. this idea that it feeds on warmth and draws the heat from it so the brown mold says it's immune to fire and any source of fire brought within five feet of it instantly expands outwards in the direction of that fire covering the square and it and it's cold as well so it has this cold damage thing mm. but then uh, if you expose it to a cold thing it's instantly destroyed so mm. it's like a very little thing that people won't have come across and you just put it in a dungeon and people are like oh shit oh no like they're just trying mm. to work it out and so I'd highly recommend putting these in your dungeon like another great one is um, that we've not talked about that we both uh, were in together was White Plume Mountain yes that has slime that has moulds that has Every hazard lava. you could ever lava <laughs> has well, it's exploding pustules of molten rock. Uh, not rock, yeah. it's molten um, mud, isn't it? It's like a mud pool mm-hmm. that's, that's really hot. And then and there's an underwater section as well uh, oh, yeah. at one point, which we didn't go down that one. one I really, we didn't get that far. <laughs> Yeah, so I'd highly recommend putting these in, but again, not putting them in like every single room or every second yeah. room. So like, I think like the green slime is such an evil thing, this idea of this acid that just yeah. co- comes into contact and takes damage and you're poisoned and then it, it carries on until you wipe it oh, off. That, and- one of my favourite hazards actually is there's two really good hazards in, in White Blue Mountain. One mm. being the metal burner 
So when you walk through it, it heats only metal. So if you're wearing metal, it burns your skin. So you have to take all your armor off if you're wearing armor. And you can't carry it because it will give you fire damage or you take the fire damage. And then there's another one which is frictionless. So you walk on it and then suddenly you just can't stop yourself. So you're going towards a hole. And so it's like a frictionless thing. So that's kind of, I like that one as well. That's That's cool. Well, let's dive right in. Let's go to the appendix then. Yeah. And start creating this Appendix, which one is it? It's the appendix A. Cool. I'm going to map this out. Going to map this out as we're doing. I've been writing notes as we go. So I'm going to write map. As you're doing that. This appendix helps quickly generate various dungeons. And it's done in a manner. Basically, you start with a, you roll a starting area and you roll how many passages it has and how many doors in that area. And then once you have those initial ones, you start building out from there and we'll just go along and see how many we can do this could be like the initial first level yeah, perhaps let's do that all cool. right starting area then do you want me to roll for this it's a d10 you roll this one you roll Ooh, this one. okay a d10 uh is a nine so that is a passage 10 feet wide with a t intersection so we've got a passage 10 feet wide doesn't say how long it is so i'm just going to draw a passage, and it has a T section. So it says, let me read it out from here. So your starting area table produces a chamber or a set of corridors as an entrance to your dungeon. Pick a door or a passageway leading from the start area as the entrance to your dungeon. Okay. So you could do it at the bottom of the T or either one of they the... Extend um, 10 feet. I'm going to say that you enter into a space that's a bit of a longer space. There you go. Sounds 30. good. Yeah. That's it. Has it got a door on the front? We haven't done like a front door. Does it? Is it a cave entrance? Doors are interesting. So it says whenever a table indicates a door, you roll on the door type to determine its nature and then what's beyond the door. Yeah, let's roll door type for the first door. Roll d20 for me, please. I rolls a two. A two. It's a wooden door. It's just a simple (laughs) wooden door. There we go. I've drawn a wooden door. Brilliant. And so, yes, that opens out onto the starting area that we have. I've just realised that looks a little bit... Uh, I am not looking at it. Uh, <laughs> I uh, will open the door like that. There we go. It's a door. There it's we a door. Doors Fantastic. Open. <laughs> door opens. Fantastic. <laughs> so that, the starting door, is it at the bottom of the T? Is that where you put it? I've done it. So left to, I'm coming from the left going right. And right. so we're entering. So you're going right and then the T's go north and south. Perfect. Fantastic. So let's go left first because you always turn left. In the building. So it says here in the passages thing, so when generating passages and corridors, roll on the passage table multiple times, extending the length and branches of any open passageway until you arrive at the door or chamber. So Mm. this means we could be rolling D20s for ages and then get a chamber on it. Yeah, exactly. So let's roll let's roll a couple of times and then we'll see where we go. Has it got chamber choices on here? Yeah, it does, doesn't it? So yeah, it does. So if you roll uh, between a 15 and a 19, that's when the chamber comes and then you roll on the chamber uh, that table. Seems like this makes sense why bloody Dungeons & Dragons is just long corridors all the bloody time. <laughs> I don't like that. That's stupid. When you build a building, 20% yeah. of your space should be circulation. 20%. <laughs> Should be circulation, not 75%. I love the idea that you're going to do a one-shot now with a dungeon architect. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. It's not even that. It's not, it's, it's seven, it's like 80% because stairs are also circulation. So really, there's the architect of this, of this dungeon is, an, is a right Are all these fool. dungeons going to be fooled? Not all good right. NIA. That is not good lettable area. <laughs> Well, isn't that great? I rolled a 15 straight away, so it goes into a d- chamber right straight a away. Chamber. Thank gosh. All right, so on a chamber, let me read this. Do you want to roll for me a d20 to see how big the chamber is? Big the chamber is. 12. 
12. It's a rectangular chamber that's 30 foot by 40 foot. And then I will roll a d20 to show you how many exits there are in the chamber. Uh, I rolled a free. There are no exits on this chamber. <laughs> right, it's dead end. What's in this chamber? Okay, so a chamber's purpose, so this again is in the appendix, in the yeah. stocking a, a dungeon thing. So we know from before what we rolled, we had a lair and a stronghold. Do you want to roll on the lair one? I think this is a lair first, isn't it? Oh, oh no, it's probably stronghold because it's the front end of it, right? Lair would be deeper in. No, that sounds good to me. All right, so oh. if you roll for me, oh, a D100. D100. Ooh, yeah, exciting. Yeah, yeah. Here we go. Right. Yeah, some of these tables are bigger than others. 84. 84, it's a big one. Storage for mundane goods and supplies. Hooray! Right, we'll put some shelves in here. We'll put a keg, because there's always kegs. What I'd say as well, I think you could put in uh, maybe a, a random trick. So oh, these yeah. are, uh, basically, there are, there are also tables for random traps, and traps, I think, will go into a different episode on that one, but there's also random tricks. So tricks are quirkier and less deadly than traps. Some are effects left behind by the dungeon creators, whilst others are manifests of strange magical energies. I like that. For a trick object, roll a d20 for me, please. Okay, store a d20. Yep. Right, store. It's a 16. A 16. A statue, fun. Oh, All right, and then I'm going to roll. Statue here. I'm going to roll for the for the effect, and that's a D100. Ooh, uh, oh, it's a 22, a low number. Creates a force field is what I rolled. Let's flavor it a little bit then. So you mm. can imagine, would you say this is like a magic item, perhaps, or is it just some maybe a defensive thing, so that if it gets tripped up, that people can't enter the goods place. Perhaps. Maybe the storage is actually like lots of like water stores, food, everything like that. And when you come in, if you're not uh, an illithid, it's like a, maybe a statue of like some sort of illithid character, creature. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you start to take anything from the the shelves and you're, and you're not, then it trips the force field and it pushes it out mm. and then traps yes. you in like a, a very small area where you are, like a 10 foot circle around you or something like that or something. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And unless you know the passcodes. Yeah, but I have to you, yeah dis- exactly. To, yeah. I love the idea that it's like, again, I'm thinking of like Bill Nye's Davy Jones type like yeah. statue uh, with that sort of elephant look to it. That yeah. sounds really cool. All right, let's go down the other route then. Yeah. So the passages table back again. Okay, am I rolling that again? Yeah, you roll that one. What's that again? It's a D20. Uh, it's a D20, yes. So most of the time you're going to be going up and down these appendixes. Twelve. Continue straight 20 foot, then the passage turn left and continues 10 foot. Okay. Nice. I will roll next to see where this goes. If that turns left or else it would go into my text. <laughs> <laughs> Whoop. Uh, I rolled an eight, so it continues straight for 20 feet. There's a side passage to the left and an additional 10 feet ahead. So that's quite cool that right. it branches off like yeah. that as well. That is good. Yeah, cool, cool. That side passage for the left, let's make that into a chamber. Yeah, let's do it. I will say as well, there's a passage width table, so, uh, which sounds really fucking boring, <laughs> but I guess it helps It helps in a way because it goes from all the way from five feet all the way up to 40 feet with yeah. rows of pillars down the middle, etc. So you can use that as well. I'll add some of that flavour in as we go. I'm going to add little cube, like little vestibules on the side of this, this, this one. Oh, lovely. All right, can you roll for me a D20 to see what the shape of this chamber is? It is an 18 octagon. Octagon, 40 feet by 40 feet. And I will roll on the large chamber, chamber exits table. 14. This chamber, this large chamber has three exits to it. And each location of each exit is 
The same wall as the entrance. Yeah. <laughs> a wall right at the entrance. And a natural 20, same wall as the entrance. So it's like two around the back. I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> it's going to have to be... Uh, well, I can. Yeah. I'm going to do them sort of to the at the straight up across and then mm-hmm. two flanking walls of the octagon, if you know what I mean, like the two side yeah. walls of the octagon. Okay. Then it talks about exit type, whether it's a door, where then, then you roll on a door type table or another corridor. I'm going to say one of those is secret. Sounds good. And that is into a secret room that links there, I'm going to say. Mm-hmm. All right, that's secret. I don't know what's in that secret chamber, but we'll figure that out. Okay, what are the other ones? One that was in the wall right to the entrance, and then yeah. there was two, the same wall out. So you've put one as the, one as a secret wall. Yeah. Um, let me roll these other two. So one, the wall that's right at the entrance, mm-hmm. that is a corridor that's 10 feet long. Right, that's going to go there. The one opposite is a door. Just a door. Yep, just a door, which I will roll the type of. It is it's natural 20. It's a secret door that's barred or locked. Well, that one's also secret. 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 Taste the rainbow. <laughs> right, so we've got two secret doors I've given in this room. That's fine. Nice. One that's right at the fine. other end. So what's in this chamber? There, it's a roll. I think this uh, is a layer chamber, right? Octagon. Yeah. Oh, God. Because there's, there's also there's sort of the nine specific types of dungeon, and then there's also a generic dungeon one. So what I'd say is that this one's a lair one, and then the next room will be a generic dungeon chamber. Mm-hmm. There's also what the state of it is. Like, if it's got a tumultuous history, then you want to maybe roll for the condition of it. And there's some contents as well, which we can go into as well. So let me roll for lair. Mm-hmm. She says, scrolling up, because some of these tables are long. Okay, a lair is a d20, which I will roll. It's a six. So that is a chapel where the lair's inhabitants worship. Oh, yeah, perfect, perfect. All right, we're going to put some columns around here. Shall I roll for its condition? Yeah, okay, cool. All right, another d20. Uh, It's a six again. Uh, Ashes, contents mostly burnt. So that may be a big fight here. And then I'm going to roll for the contents of this chamber. So it's, oh, it's a d100, sorry. Lots of stuff in there. I put like a little altar in the middle Okay, I have a 62, which is an obstacle, which means I go to the random obstacles table. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Do you want to roll a d20 for me, yeah, please? Yeah, rolling. It's an eight. Cave in. Ooh, I like that. Oh, that's going to be where one of the secrets is, I think. All right, I'm going to... Yeah, perfect. That works out really well. So as you can tell, as we go through it, like there's lots of rolling and stuff like that, because obviously it's randomly generated, but you can really twist and turn it. Now that you've got that sort of backstory in your mind, you can easily make it into anything else, which I absolutely love. You for the other chamber that's not this chapel mm-hmm. chamber, the one on the other end. Do you want to roll the secret one, the other secret one? Yeah, whichever there's space for. Because yeah. I appreciate it. We're all we'll show an image at the end, possibly about what it looks like. So I want you to roll me a d100, and this is the general dungeons chambers. Okay, d100. Ninety-two. A ninety-two is a training or exercise room. Secret training or exercise room. This is, well, it's the cave-in, so it's secret because of the cave-in. So yeah. maybe it's got some cool weapons in there. Oh, good idea. Yeah. Uh, well, and here it talks about what you do for random treasures. We did a whole episode about making magic items and stuff, so that you could put that at the bottom and maybe have like it glinting out slightly or maybe calling for it if it's got a quirk, perhaps, if you've got a magical behaviour, calling to people. Maybe like, if you're thinking of it, if it's pirate theme, maybe like a cutlass of yeah. some sort or a nice hat, <laughs> pirate hat. I would also say, we go back to that storage room briefly. Can you roll for me contents again on that? So that is a D100. 12. So 12. 
Excellent. So this is a monster a dominant inhabitant with treasure. So I like the idea as you're sort of going in, we have that sort of statue with the uh, force mm. field, but there's also a creature in there that has treasure. So maybe an mm-hmm. illithid or maybe one of the, the thralls has come up to take mm-hmm. some stuff out and it's sort of caught off guard. I like that. So there's a monster in there. Mm-hmm. Ah, monster. And he talks about here, again, in the Stocking a Dungeon, that monsters are motivation. So we've talked about like creating like villains and NPCs and stuff, but this idea that powerful creatures that are encountered early in the dungeon sets that exciting tone and forces the adventurers to rely on their wits. So again, that idea, if you sort of turn around and you see a thrall going through stuff rapidly, you don't have much time, because in that, in that particular corridor, you know, you might have to dash get further in perhaps there's no areas to hide behind perhaps but also at the same time as we said not all monsters are automatically hostile so maybe the fall is trying to escape perhaps mm-hmm. trying to get away in some way but it's still connected to the to the elder brain so lots of things you can do there i like this this is cool and yeah there's a monster motivation table as well if i roll that so that's a d20 that's uh, a 19 seeks wealth so yeah so maybe it's on its way out and it's just trying to stuff its pockets full of anything that it can take off oh, okay so that is that is actually Ah, possibly yeah yeah, i like that that's cool do we have any other areas that need to be blocked off at all well we haven't done the opposite room we need the opposite room don't we opposite room all right so let us roll for that that is a chamber Mm -hmm. so just a d20 first oh d20 yep it's a natural natural 20 okay it's a a trapezoid (laughs) trapezoid okay a trapezoid roughly uh 40 by 60 feet um, I'll roll for chamber exits. It's a seven, so I see so one exit. Mm-hmm. This exit is rolling d twenty again. It's at a five. It's on the wall opposite the entrance, That's and that work. particular type uh, is is another corridor leading leading away. Okay, cool. All right. What purpose? What what table do you want? Lair, stronghold, or general? I think it's still lair where we are. Lair. All right, roll for me a d20 when you get a moment. I'm rolling you a d20. It is an 11. Ah, this huge trapezoid room yeah. is a kitchen for food storage and preparation. Cool. The current state of this is a 16. The furniture is wrecked but still present. So I like that again. And maybe people scaffold through it slightly, but you've still got various cooking implements Love and it. stuff. Again, when you get a moment, roll for me a D100 and we'll see what else is in this. D100. Yes, please. That is a 64. Oh, a 64 is a trap. Ah. Let's go to traps. All right. Oh, and this is where there's a load of tables. Essentially, when you're doing a trap, it's easiest to start off with the effect and the triggers tables and then decide how damaging this is. So let's go for it. If you roll for me a D6. D6. Three. Touched. Either a doorknob or a statue. So maybe you are you pick something up, maybe like an item off one of the tables, perhaps that like a is attached to something, maybe like off a chopping block, perhaps or something mm. like that. I will roll a D one hundred for the trap effects. Ooh, so fifteen clanging noises attracts nearby monsters, and then finally a D six to see how damaging, how severe this trap damage is. It's a four, so it's dangerous. So I guess again, this idea that if you're picking, maybe actually the trap itself is not something mechanical or magical. It's just that there is lots of silverware and pots and pans put in the center, and as you touch it, it all falls down and creates a loud sound, which draws in other monsters or other guards. 
into this kitchen. Or you touch the mm. silverware and then it attacks you as a flurry of knives, loads of knives attacking you. Ooh, yeah, like a so a mixture of maybe magical, uh, was it like enchanted, like yeah. sword? armor yeah. uh, that is just oh maybe it is the original chef which is made out of all these pots and pans and then because yes. it's clanging together more monsters and more creatures from the from the dungeon come up cool Ah, I'm excited about this. Yeah, so you can see that obviously this is it's a big sprawling thing now. Mm. That corridor going off from that kitchen, that could lead to maybe some stairs that's going down to the next level if it were just starting up that small little bit there. I'm going to do that now. I'm going to make that stairs, and that's like a secrety way down to somewhere Exactly. Cool. And as you can see, we've just literally just started putting stuff together and rolling stuff and gone, oh, well, let's try this or let's try that. It is just literally sitting down and having the time to do it. I'm going to show you. Yes, please, see. Oh, my God. That's amazing. Fun, isn't it? I mean, you're a very talented drawer anyway. <laughs> I, mine would just be like post-it notes and stuff like that. I've done it all in the Morky Ball colours, but I will, I, I, I will, we will share this and it will be part of our promo. <laughs> promo, absolutely. <laughs> and the final, final thing I want to say in the appendix stuff is dungeon dressing. So there are parts of the, you know, all these tables and stuff, there's so yeah. many, like in this, the stocking of dungeon being this, all the tables you could ever want. Mm. But the dungeon dressing helps establish the atmosphere of a dungeon, giving clues about its creators or history. I'll tell you what, 34. <laughs> giggling. <laughs> oh, nope. No. Nope. nope. A, a giggling in brackets, faint. Faint, yeah. Oh. To generate uh, dungeon dressing at random, roll at once on each table so noises, air, and odours. Hamilton, will you do me the honours of rolling uh, a D100 for noises? Noises. So oh, dear. Not, I'm going to get a technical answer. No, I'm not. I'm going to get 95. Tinkling. Now, what could that mean? <laughs> I'm going to write that. <laughs> I roll for air, which is another D100. It's just like water dropping, tinkling. Maybe like um, um, those um, those sort of zen uh, wing chimes or something. Oh, yeah. There's loads, of, loads of them. Yeah, All right, D100 for air. Yeah. Uh, oh, that is an 84. Clear with mist covering the floor. Perfect, I think, for your pirate yeah. thing. I think that's quite good. Last but by no means least, can you roll for odour? Yes, <laughs> it is an 81. An 81 is smoky. smoky. Oh, nice. I like that one. That's a good one. I like that one. I like the, the ones in between you've got salty and wet, and then urine is like 96 to 100. <laughs> I think I'm going to add a bit of salt in there because we are by the sea. Yes, that makes sense. But it's smoky and salt. It's like a really good steak. <laughs> Smoky and salty. Or mm. like bacon. <laughs> it smells like bacon. It's not bacon. And yeah, I mean, I'm just scrolling down. There's like bloody tables, like utensils and personal items. General features like leather boot, leaves and twigs, slime harmless, sticks. General furnishings, a curtain, yeah. a bucket, a cask, a couch, a fresco. <laughs> I'm just going through it like religious articles, <laughs> mage furnishings. So this is the thing, like, again, there's so much you can do to flavour it. But if you, if you get something like, like I saw earlier, there's like observatory, you might, okay, let's free things that stand out in this room that aren't magical, that aren't treasure. But you know, when you say, yeah. oh, there's a chair then. There's a decanter on the side holding a crucible with uh, a kettle by by an hourglass, you know, those sorts of things. Exactly. Yeah, yeah perfect. And people go, ah, oh. and it's not worth anything, but it just does that flavour setting. And so, yes, yeah, so much here. I've just seen another one that I saw a wig. 
You could yeah. put a wig somewhere. <laughs> Bodily organs. <laughs> this is for mm. the container contents. It feels very much like if you were creating like this room or this dungeon, sorry, on uh, The Sims, and yeah. you're going through going, oh, Rosebud, Rosebud, Rosebud. Rosebud, Rosebud. I've got enough money to buy uh, some weights, uh, balance some weights. I've got beakers. I've got some bellows. Text on lo- local flora. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do exactly. love a good book table, but D100 book table is always good. So, yeah. Like as as you've seen in the last hour or so, we've created mm-hmm. a, a very decent start to a dungeon, I think. And I think you should always start with that little bit at the beginning, like what kind of dungeon do you want to do? Getting all those other things, because maybe even like they'll go in, explore a few rooms and then never come back. They might never find out about this beholder. They might never even encounter an Illithid or those chaotic evil wizards. But you have that story in the back of your head. So instantly you can start to flavor it and really narrow it down. I think that whole what kind of dungeon it is, you know, between those sort of yeah. nine types that helps you go okay so it's going to be like this like for example if it's a temple or shrine you've got chamber purpose one that really dedicates itself to okay there's going to be shrines here there's going to be certain types of maybe sacrificial vaults or places that hold sacrifices in for example or anything like that what i think is great about dungeons and i think when people say like oh do i need to get the dm's guide is that i think if you're running adventures you probably don't need it. No. As we've said this before, I think like you just need yep. the player's handbook and then you and you don't really need the monster's manual. It's really when you start creating your own things that the dun- mm-hmm. it's a dungeon monster's guide is really more like the world builder's guide or the homebrewer's guide, isn't it? Really, more than the mm-hmm. uh, as much as anything. It's the book that opens up, unlocks the freedom and creativity for your own things as much as anything. Mm-hmm. It is great, but it, it's not what I thought it was going to be when I picked up, which I thought was going to be like a, yeah. I don't know, it's just, I, I didn't think it was going to be so much of a creation thing. I thought it was going to be part mm. of it. I thought it was going to be as much about like the lore of D&D and like a world guide for D&D as it is, not so much the do it yourself. <laughs> oh, okay. yeah. <laughs> All right. You've just sent me through that little, the little video of it coming through. That's so bloody cool. Like, <laughs> I know you've done them before, but I'm like, oh, it's so cool that you've done it whilst we've been talking. So, yeah, there you go. That's how you can create your own dungeon using those gener- uh, randomly generated things. But as we said, it's very important to think about what the purpose is, who the creator is, any factions, that sort of thing. And I know, like, we sort of mentioned it in passing that the trap stuff, we will come back to the traps because there's a whole bloody section on traps, not only just in the DM's guide, but also in Xanathar's guide. Because turns out that's a big, big deal about dungeons is that they're trapped in some way, yeah. which I, th- I thought was quite interesting when I was reading that. So okay, cool. that sounds good. I look forward to that. So Hamilton, when you're not here drawing amazing dungeons uh, <laughs> that have big F-off kitchens, essentially. <laughs> really massive kitchens and a storage. We basically did, we did a, t- a chapel and two food-based rooms. <laughs> hey, that's the sort of dungeon I want to be a part of. <laughs> where can we find your work? Like, what have you been up to? Uh, where can we find you if, if you're not on DM? Well, I've talked about this a lot, and I've been t- I've talked about it for like months and months about this Morkborg thing that I'm doing. It's going to come out well. I got the scored version of the first episode yesterday. I could only listen to it today because I had to wait for it to process on Google. I've watched it. I'm very happy. What I think is the time that we're going to be going out is, is we're going to hold on a lot of things. We're going to do a big release of stuff in September. September, how September. exciting! And, this, <gasps> and, and then uh, the Bowies and Spelljammer will probably be starting to be happening at some time when this comes out. I don't know when it's going to be, but we've got our st- Session Zero on Thursday. Today, I've, I was recording. I've already talked about all four characters. I'm all super excited about every so single good. one. I've already done like the timetable for every single recording we're going to have. So I'm kind Amazing. of excited about that. And yeah, we're going to get into space. Nice. <laughs> oh, amazing. I can't, I can't wait for and that. And 
I'm going to Comic-Con with lots of people, which I'm very excited about in October, which will, by the time this comes out, will be sooner than it is now. And so it's a long way away. It's the end of October. So I'm like, I don't want to be looking forward to the winter that much, but I'm excited. And that's the weekend the clocks go back. So it makes that horrible moment when the clocks... Uh, yeah, it, I don't mind this one because it's go. It, they go the right way, so you get an extra hour in bed. Don't yeah, you? fall back. So it's yeah. a good weekend. I just hate the one in March when you lose an hour. Wait, yeah, you wake up and go, ah, and then you go, oh no, I'm late for everything. Yes. Or maybe that's just me. <laughs> yeah. What about? When about? How about? Who's about? Where's about? Indeed. Where's about? Aha! So who? Who am I? I am Fiona. What am I? I'm so glad you asked. Uh, I'm a podcast. <laughs> and an improviser and a decent how are you how am i i'm doing okay i'm, I'm excited by this dungeon because i didn't i mm. actually generally didn't know how this was going to go i'm mm. actually really excited to actually have a go myself yeah. and do some terrible drawings with my <laughs> my big stubby fingers where are you where am i i'm so glad you asked where is what am i rolling that was the worst one i know it was terrible where is what am i rolling a twice monthly rpg one shot podcast as always it is going very very well i am in the midst of editing I was working out today obviously DM book club stuff we've got a bit of a backlog just now in terms of editing which is great but also we've got some stuff in terms of uh, wear as well we've got some uh, interviews coming out we've got Paranoia which will be coming out we've got Idris Bai coming out some solo RPG stuff and I've been reading a lot more solo RPGs and I'm going I need to get back into it and do stuff but I'm very aware that I've got lots of stuff to edit so I can't just keep generating content I need to sort of put it together and stuff but all that will be coming out very very soon yeah. and uh, I think that's it. There's not. There's nothing else. I've done some live streams recently as well, which have been quite nice. Uh, we've done some Shadow of Mog by Leyline Press, mm-hmm. which um, if you don't like your political games, then maybe don't watch that. But also, I've done another stream of uh, You Awaken in a Strange Place, which I did for a convention recently, um, which went very, very well. It was about. Um, Who was that on? Scare- Who was that on? That was uh, the art. Uh, now I'm going to say their name. Never wrong. tell me these things. You're never like, I'm doing a live show. Put it on in the background. I'll do that. But you're like, no, I won't do that. I'll remember. I mean, to be fair, the last couple of weeks, my brain has sort of leaked out of my ear and I keep forgetting stuff. But now it's back in because all the packing is done and dusted. Yeah. But it was for a convention called Our Game Con 2022. That's the year we're in, yes. <laughs> you were That's looking yes, very I hard know. for what year is it? What year is it? I'm doing my Robbie Williams impression. <laughs> Um, but it's um, archaeological gaming or arco gaming, I think that's how you pronounce it. Where essentially it's about gaming and their impact on people and maybe like the history of gaming as well. I mean, they sold it to me as a bit. It's like that Lara Croft thing. I don't think it's that at all. Essentially, I think it sounds more like sociology of games. Okay, but I, I, what do I know? But we did. Um, uh, You're waking in a strange place. This idea that obviously is fully improvised. We've done it before for where and the players came up with a, a huge museum which housed the largest collection of Barbie dolls uh, with a few other bits and pieces. It was also a sci-fi Scooby-Doo type adventure with mysterious themes and this location. And one of the players played the, the entity that was previously known as the Tate Modern, uh, so they were they were just going back from screen to screen. I freaking love the idea of this. The entity formerly known as the Tate Modern is like the best character I've ever heard of. I thought you'd like that. <laughs> Highly recommend it. It's on Twitch just now, but I think it'll be coming wow. out as a bonus episode for one of the other podcasts that was a part of that. And I will share that when that is out. Finally, 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 also, 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 we have an offer code for Third Space Gaming, mm-hmm. your friendly local game store in Burnley. If you type in the offer code DMBC into checkout, you get 
10% off your first order. And that could be on anything. They are taking pre-orders for Spelljammer. I double checked. But obviously it'll be out by the time this episode comes out. So you might want to spend it on something else. Maybe this new Dragonlance or maybe this new, I don't know, Planescape that he's talking about. So excited. I can't believe how excited I am. Like I would be, I am so excited. It's like I can play it. I know I can play it. I know I can just go and do it. But... <laughs> It's like about them redoing it makes me so excited. It's weird, isn't it? I don't, it doesn't make sense. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode of DM's Book Club and Let's Create a, a Dungeon. We'll be back same time next week. Well, not us recording, but us mm. putting out podcasts, hopefully. Uh, but we will see you, speak to you, hear you next time. See you on the flip side of the dungeon. See you on the flip Woo-hoo. side of the dungeon. Bye-bye. Woo-hoo. 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 No. <laughs> <laughs>